What's in the box? What's in the suitcase? What's in the box? Deep shots. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Deep Shots with your host Wade, the bald man Starnes, and your other host Slavic, the bald man Glavchinsky. How you doing, Wade? I'm doing very well. I'm excited to record another episode about recentish pop culture. <laughs> Listen, when you have other responsibilities, Wade, you gotta you gotta oblige those responsibilities, even if those responsibilities include traveling to Europe for two weeks. Well, like I said, you made your own bed. You took on those responsibilities, and when we started this podcast. You know, you had all these grand dreams of we're going to record twice a week. We, we should do it Tuesdays and Sundays. And somebody's not a good planner. There's a trick that is played on family men that they think they control their destiny. Mm. <laughs> and the reality is that they don't. And I don't. Mm. And so... I am obliged to responsibilities that are beyond my control sometimes. So tell me about this two-week trip to Europe. It was a week and a half, actually. So it was, I got to tell you, it was the most incredible vacation of all time. So the first three days was kind of mine and my wife's 20th wedding anniversary. So we crammed in a whole bunch of stuff for the first three days. So we went to Italy, Rome, and then Sorrento. Rome, I don't think we spent more than 24 hours. I think we were there 22 hours. Hopped on a high-speed train, come down to Naples, then made a 90 towards Sorrento and spent two days in Sorrento. And then from then on, we flew over to Athens, Greece and stayed at Athens, Greece for three days, three or four, three and a half days. And then went to this Greek island called Mykonos, which I didn't know anything about. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I read it in Iliad or Odyssey, but I just didn't remember. And it's it was just freaking amazing. There's a very famous episode of one of your favorite shows, Succession, that was supposedly set in Mykonos. No, that's, that's not the famous one. Stop it. It's the Born Identity. That's where he meets his girl after mm -hmm. they escape. I can't believe you would bring up Succession. God, my spine is hurting now. Oh, man. <laughs> I hate that show. And, uh... You know what? The best part about it, honestly, was that you go out. We we so the way it worked was the first three days we, my wife and I took advantage and we went for our wedding anniversary. The seven days after that, or six days after that, was paid for because my wife at her company had. I made fun of it called the Little Urban Achievers from Big Lebowski, but it was like. <laughs> They had done, they had, they're called the achievers, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, I think it was 40, 22 people and their spouses get invited by the company because they've done something really good or well or mm -hmm. hit sales numbers, whatever it might be. They all get to go on this crazy fucking vacation. It's all paid for. <laughs> like everything's paid for. So. But so that that side is really great. But the the part that's the thing that set it apart was that from the youngest person all the way to the oldest person, everybody was just awesome, right? I mean, everybody was just super cool. 
I tried to get around to everybody and talk to everybody. I don't know if I pulled that off, but everybody I did talk to was fucking amazing. And the setting was incredible. You know, I got to see Acropolis, got to see, we went and saw Pompeii. And then just this, if honestly, if you and I were 20 years old, 20, 20 to 25 years old, and we went to this island in Greece, we would have a great time for the, you know, I mean, it's still us. So by midnight, we would be in bed <laughs> and drinking Coke Zeros. But yeah. otherwise, it would be a great, great, great time. Yeah. So it was uh, really cool. So learn some lessons. Learn some lessons. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like to learn about your lessons, but I, I just have to interject real quick. Did, so this big group, did you have like tours planned? Did you did you guys all stick together? Oh my God. Or yeah, did so... you, did you, could you split up? What was the... So you're free to do whatever you want. There were people that did whatever they wanted. But there was typically two things organized. Like one was, it, w- it would be like a taste testing or, or learning how to cook or a city tour. Or it would be like a bike ride or go see some other monuments or some, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And there was free time worked in. And then we did dinner together and things like that. But it was very loose. Like you didn't have to do any of it. And like, I don't know how they pulled it off, but like you felt no pressure, right? Like you didn't feel obligated to do any of it, but it was so much fun to do it because you were with these cool people. Now, you know me, I'm, I'm pretty antisocial. I don't, I, I, I claim, I claim to not have many friends. Now, there, there had to have been somebody there that was just not your style that, that just didn't, you didn't vibe with. There had to be somebody. You're telling me all these people were great. There had to be somebody. I mean, not my style. Like, you and I are two different. We're two different personalities, right? So For sure. I I don't have... I don't have that innate nature to just be like, oh, that's vinegar to my oil. Or, or yeah. I didn't feel that with anybody, honestly. Now, that's not to say... I mean, that's not to say that there's probably people that I got along with better than others. But at the same time, the breadth of the people that were there was just so diverse and so interesting in the things that they did or the things that they accomplished that it was, I don't know, to me, I'm 180 degrees opposite of you, right? So I get energized and turned on by meeting new people. I'm like a introverted extrovert, right? So I kind of like that part, but then by the end of the night, I'd fall asleep outside because I'd be so exhausted. My energy would be so down. So lessons learned. So taxis in Italy, get ready to get ass fucked right in your face hole because they Jesus they Christ. took advantage of us. So, I mean, I'm sorry to use so many expletives, but... I we were so taken advantage of. I mean, it was like we we do an Uber, get in the car, and the guy would start screaming at us in Italian and shut the drive down. And we were in the car driving, and we we're like, uh, "What just happened?" And with broken English, they'd be like, "Oh, this is wrong. This is wrong. They don't charge enough money in Uber. It's got to be this." And then drove like four miles. You know, and they're charging us 20 bucks or $25, right? Uh So that left a kind of bad taste. And 
honestly, we were a little bit warned about it, so we just kind of took it. We only used it twice in Italy. In Greece, we didn't have any of that. It was uh, everybody was super friendly. Tour guide was was amazing. The one thing that was was interesting is at, on the island, we would come out of our hotel room, and there would be people already waiting along the wall to clean our <laughs> clean our room. Mm. And it was like a like they would come in and they would wash the floors and like it was. I mean, the service was was pretty amazing. And. Yeah, I mean, it was a vacation, once-in-a-lifetime vacation, unless she wins it again next year, in which case it would be a, a two-time two two-time vacation. So I know that you know you like to pay, partake in fine culinary, uh, you know, settings, and so I, I'd like to know, you know, what what kind of meals you had while you while you were there, and, and tell me about your favorite meal. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so did Italy they have any? Me, they didn't have any chicken finger subs there, though, right? No, no chicken finger. They did have blue cheese dressing, which was interesting. So my favorite meal. So they don't do steaks like us. Their steaks are extremely different. Thin. <laughs> they don't know what medium Imagine rare that. really is. They don't <laughs> really know that. medium rare. <laughs> but I can tell you. So my two favorite meals. The one it was. Three, three. I'll talk about three. So, you know, it's a, it's kind of a brutal flight over there. I mean, not, not I mean, it's six hours uh, getting there plus another. I think we connected from somewhere. I don't exactly remember now. This has nothing to do. Oh, with no, I'm sorry. Toronto to to Rome. So we get to Rome. Drop our bags off at the hotel. We're starving because we haven't really eaten anything. We head to this. The first like outdoor pizzeria cafe, right? Little Caesars. And no, I wish it was. No, I Little Caesars. Stop it, you big dickhead. So we come in there, and it's this uh, like the guys are so like, come on, friendly, friendly, and then and then we're getting like salads and pasta, and we got pizza. I mean, we got the whole. T- I mean, typical Americans, right? We just yep. load up the whole thing full of food, and. You know, I mean, I don't know. I'm a big guy. And so everybody's just like, look at this fat fucker. (laughs) So we're um, we're trying all of it. And I got to tell you, that pasta, the pasta my wife had and the little uh, margarita pizza we had was fucking. I mean, it was so good. It was really good. So that was meal number one. Meal number two, we were in Sorrento. What was the pasta dish, by the way? I mean. Spaghetti, just just marinara. On, just marinara. The noodles were so light, like, like you know, like here. If I eat just a little bit of spaghetti, I'm like sunk into my seat. I'm so heavy, like just overloaded. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the the wheat must be different. I I don't know what it is, but it was definitely different. So then, the next meal that was freaking incredible was um, in Sorrento. I had, oh no, this wasn't Sorrento. I'm sorry, this wasn't Sorrento. It was uh, on Mikinos. I had uh, mushroom risotto. Mm. Oh, so good. So good. So good. So good. So good. And then the last night, you could pick either like fish or this roast that they had. And this roast, I think, was on top of a, a little bit of risotto and then just fresh, chopped, skinless tomatoes. 
and all like I mean, it just fell apart on the fork, and it was to die for. It was awesome. It was so was it good. Beef, pork, lamb. What was it? It was boar, wild oh. boar. It was delish. So good. They spite like they had like a little bit of caramelization in it, a little bit of spice in it. It was all 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 good. All so. Good. Did anybody die on the trip? You know, because that all happens when Americans go on vacation abroad. You know, quite so notice. You know, no, nobody died. I don't even think anybody got hurt. Hmm. I got clawed by talons of certain people as they tossed me into the pool. That didn't feel very good. But uh, yeah, I don't think anybody got hurt. It was just, I don't know, just. Uh, very special, very special thing that we were no one, part of. I no one cool. got uh, swindled by the gays in Italy or anything like that? No, I don't even think I saw any gays in Italy. I wouldn't know anyway. We didn't go to Rome. We went We went and saw a couple of things. It, we didn't go to Rome. We didn't go to the Vatican while we were in Rome. Mm. Uh, we stayed away from there, but we saw some some cool... We saw the fountain. We saw... Some of the we went through the entire Roman Empire, like their main square, and then the Colosseum and all that stuff. So we saw some cool things. But um, Pompeii was was somewhat interesting. But I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you that it's overwhelming. All of the things and like I don't know if it's a like a fallacy of being newly born and new new on the planet that you you're like I think it's a generational thing where you think you are like the the fresh face of earth, right? And then you go to a place like around this Mediterranean and you're like, "Holy shit, this this there's there's a 1200-year-old history here before Christ, right? That there's a whole society here that was functioning had the same sorts of things, services that we had doctors and a government and police and soldiers and all of this infrastructure around this sea and you're like you, you just feel a little smaller you're like man this there's heaven's pretty crowded if there's that many people on this earth already you know like yeah. but yeah it was incredible it made me want to watch troy <laughs> yeah so that was that was where i was actually going next is that you on your airplane flights you watched a couple of movies um yeah. some of them newer but yeah you watched troy and then, so I was wondering why you didn't, you know, why Troy? Why not Spartacus? Why not Spartacus? So I never, I did, I do remember watching Spartacus as a young guy, but it never, never, you know, I have a somewhat of a man crush on Brad Pitt. So obviously I'm going to run right to Brad Pitt every time I can. And he's such a badass in this movie. But the when you see this movie again, the pacing is so screwed up on it. It's a little weird. The other one that I I was gonna check out was the one on Alexander the Great with uh, Colin Farrell. No, it's not Alan Farrell. It's uh, Colin Farrell. Colin, okay. yeah, Colin Farrell. So he he he's Alexander the Great in there. That I think Angelina Jolie is Jolie is his mom, and and mm. Ahsoka is in it. So I'm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that that one seems that's an Oliver Stone movie. So obviously I like it. But yeah, I started flumbing through Iliad and Odyssey and all those great books, and I my YouTube channel is full of learning about Caesars and and kind of where 
where all of uh, th- one thing I'll say, and then we can get into what this podcast is really about. And this was so eye opening to me; I had never heard this before, and I was like, "Duh!" So with all these empires, you just kind of think that they come to an end, and and like they talk in these terms of that the Roman Empire fell apart because of inflation or incest or or just poor governing and too big of an empire. And then we were on this tour and this one lady goes, "Oh no, when the when the when Catholicism or Christianity came screaming through, the the Caesar became the pope and the senators became the bishops." And when I heard that, I'm like, why did I never like why did I never connect those dots? Like that's so obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's I wouldn't say that I've studied this stuff, but I've read a little bit about it. I've seen some movies about it. I've I've like I was into this whole period and I never in my mind ever connected those dots. And when she said it, I had one of those like ah moments where I was just like, ah, oh, why why didn't I not hear that before? And then one day they were all bought by a company called Immobiliari. <laughs> I do like that movie. I don't know why that movie gets pissed on so much. I love that movie. Immobiliari. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we can't uh, we do this t- no more, cousin. We've been we've been talking. <laughs> we've been talking for about twenty minutes now. And uh, now's the time when I'll tell you what I've been doing for about the past eight weeks uh, since you, yeah. since we last podcast. Yeah, no problem. I'm, I'm Abs- ready for another 20 minutes. Yeah, absolutely fucking nothing. I've been working and just, you know, being a being a worker. And, you know, I, I, I you know, there's flag football going on, this kind of shit. But, yeah, I got yeah. nothing exciting. My life is way less exciting. So one of your plane movies was a movie called Dungeons and Dragons. Honor Among Thieves. Yes. And this is a movie that I saw probably about three months ago. And, but yeah, I, and I, at the time I told you, it's not that bad. And, and you were like, I remember, "Eh, maybe, you know, and so you checked it out. And, uh, what did you think, Slav? I got to be honest. So let's start this way. When I, when you hear the name Dungeons and Dragons, you're, for our generation, you're cast into those times where there was the group that played Dungeons and Dragons and there was the group that didn't play Dungeons and Dragons. And I was one of the guys that didn't play Dungeons and Dragons, though I will be I'll admit that I was a closet. I like to read those books that had all the characters in them. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of interesting, but I never got I could never be sold on the idea that there was one guy that controlled the entire game and they can do whatever they want. And I thought that yes. was so. When I hear Dungeons and Dragons, I already have a little bit of a chip. Now, what knocks that chip away was there's been pretty good video games. There's been Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate, and then uh, there was a PlayStation Two or Three game, and then now there's another PlayStation game out, which I'm looking forward to playing that have like softened the Dungeons and Dragons moniker. However, they don't eat those video games. Don't really advertise the Dungeons and Dragons part. They're part of the lore, but they're always called something else like Icewind Dale or Boulder's Gate or something for this movie to throw Dungeons and Dragons kind of in your face. 
and then have a have a little subtitle, which if I remember right, is Honor Among Thieves. Yep. Just kind of, I mean, it was hard to kind of bite bite through that. But then when you see it, and like when you and I talked about it, I don't think I ever asked like who's in it or or what act you know what actors are in it, and is there a plot, is there a story? And I was blown away. Like I I knew nothing going into this thing. I'm like, is that? the new captain kirk that's yeah. taking on this role this yeah, chris pine it's amazing yeah. so chris pine extremely likable on screen so likable that wonder woman not only killed him but got him back and then killed him again so that's that's awesome so michelle rodriguez uh she she was cast really well as kind of the helga the brute of the she was a tough man but they they like they did her character right so Long-winded answer. I thought it was a great, great movie. So, yeah, I I kind of had a similar Dungeons and Dragons experience in that I I think somebody in my neighborhood knew how to do it and like they set up a campaign for us and we played it. You know, they, he spent like two weeks setting up the campaign. We played it for like an hour and we were like, okay, we're fucking done. And it was intriguing to me. You know, there's twenty-sided die and all that shit. And yeah, but I think. My biggest exposure to it was I used to read those choose your adventure books a lot. And I think there was a lot of Dungeons and Dragons choose your own adventure books. And yeah, they didn't. I think they like mentioned, oh, you rolled an eight and you that means that you defeated the dragon and or whatever. So but yeah, but since then, I don't play video games at all. So I didn't even know that I'd heard of that game Baldur's Gate, but I had no idea that it had anything to do with Dungeons and Dragons. But I can't tell if this movie was helped or hurt by the fact that it was a related to Dungeons and Dragons. And and maybe it was both in that it, it made it might've drawn in some Dungeons and Dragons fans by being called Dungeons and Dragons. But at the same time, I think it, I I think some people saw it and went, ah, you know, I, I don't know anything about Dungeons and Dragons. So I guess my thought was after watching it, we haven't, talked about the plot a whole bunch yet but do you do you think this movie would have done better would it, would it just been called honor among thieves or a, a, a thief story or something like that yeah i knew this is where this conversation was going to go because this is exactly what we've talked about with joker right with uh joaquin phoenix and yeah i don't know so i i think I don't think it would have done anywhere as well as it had without a name. And I think that's the problem with cinema and Hollywood right now is that they're so afraid to put a fantasy story out there without some kind of connection to a lore that already exists. Especially when they're spending $150 million on it. But yeah, so it they it was 150 million in production. It made 207 million dollars worldwide. So it, it's actually probably lost them money if you consider the, you know, the marketing costs because that's not in the production. I just cost. can't imagine. Like we've talked about that before. That you think that they marketed this movie for that had 50 million dollars in marketing. I just can't imagine that. Who's they, running these books? Yeah, I, I you know I obviously not me. But that's what I'm, you're typically told is that, you know, a $100 million movie production has $100 million in marketing costs, too. So it's typically got to double its revenue. Now, once you get to $150 million in production, $200 million in production, does that $100 million stay? Or do, I, I, I don't know. But 
I, I would guess this this movie, you know, maybe once it, you know, this all the streaming revenue and and everything comes in, it it'll get into the it'll get into the black. But um, I think yeah. we got to check that though. I think we got to check because if I see like I'm looking at the numbers right now, right? It says budget 150 million dollars estimated. Why would the budget not include a marketing line item? Yeah. I, we we got to check that. Yeah. I I just don't believe it because it's gross. It's gross worldwide and gross U.S. and Canada. So I don't know. I well, think- there, there's there's the other, and we're getting way too deep in the weeds. But there's the other part about that is that's two hundred seven million dollar gross. So that's before the theaters take their cut. The theaters typically take a, a twenty to thirty percent cut out of the gross. So anyhow, that, then that very that varies by production house and theater and what have you, um, and and I think it's a sliding scale. As, they need as some the, project you know, managers oh. running that shit. Yeah. So anyhow, you know they they mentioned the movie's called Honor Among Thieves, but in Dungeons and Dragons, like there was all these different characters, and I I don't I there was like what like thieves and soldiers what what were the do you remember like the categories of 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 person that you could be oh i'm a level 20 mage or something i, I yeah I, is do you yeah is, i mean i remember them because they're in the um they're in the video games that's how it's organized right you get to pick a character you get to build them and then you roll dice for their certain attributes to make sure and when i say roll dice it's in the video game there's a randomizer right and yeah. so you get certain you, the, yeah so that part I remember, but like in this movie though, they have those parts and pieces, but they kind of they don't really focus it. on it. They like no, they don't. There's a there's it's, like a, there's a thief, there's a kind of a brute or a, a soldier type in Michelle Rodriguez. Then there's a wizard, and then there's this other this girl who is a shapeshifter. But I don't. I, you I think know. that's the that's the thing is that it's a group, right? And every group has a, every person in the group has their own special skill. Yeah. yeah. Like playing guitar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, I I enjoyed it. And actually, you know, I revisited the movie before this podcast and I actually liked it more the second time I saw it. But I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just surprised that this movie didn't get more traction. And I, I, again, I wonder if it had something to do with the barrier to entry of the Dungeons and Dragons, but Again, like you, like we said, if if you take away Dungeons and Dragons and just call it Honor Among Thieves, it's and you market it around Chris Pine and Michelle Rodriguez, does it does it do two hundred million dollars? I, I I don't know. It's it's an interesting question, but wondering if it's going to get a sequel. You know, it seems like it would be set up for one, well, but I don't know a, if it did. is this a, if make is fifty million dollars. Let's forget about the marketing and everything. Let's say it was a budget of one hundred fifty. They made two hundred million dollars. Is fifty million dollars enough to say I want a sequel for the investment? You make it twenty five percent, right, or thirty three percent? Probably not. But not. It's not yeah. enough. I don't. What other investment gives you that kind of margin? I, I not none of mine. I can tell you that. Much. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. I think the guy that. So let's get back to the movie. So the one, the guy that steals the show for me, love Chris Pine. It, but but the guy that steals the show is that Roger Jean Page. Yeah, uh, he's the actor. But Zank, what's his name? Zank, I, I believe. Right? Zank. Yeah. yeah, he is so fucking awesome. 
Like he plays like the straight and straight and narrow guy, but he does it with some humor. And it's I don't know. I thought it, I thought he stole the show when he hmm. when he shows up. They're all in awe of him, and they're like, "Whoa!" So I kind of was a little bit out on him because I didn't understand. Like I was sitting there going, "Okay, well, which character is he?" You know, and I was trying to. He's the knight. Is he the knight? Okay. Oh the, my god! Like what? The, who did you? He's the custodian. You can tell by the broom in his hands. He had a sword. What do you mean? He's the knight. Yeah, but in the so I'll get. I mean, I don't want to get to my nitpicks, but I, I thought his little side quest kind of got us nowhere. No, um, that's not the one you're talking about. You're talking about the mage and the helmet. That was well, the one. That there, got there's us a lot of side quests in this movie, and, and well, that's the so I know that's the. I think that's part of the Dungeons and Dragons thing. Because yeah. if you had a guy running it, right, there are probably a lot of a lot of side quests that got you nowhere. Yeah. yeah, my my favorite bit of this again, I, I I thought Chris Pine was the standout, and I'm glad to hear that you liked uh, Roger Jean Page. But my favorite bit of this whole movie and what makes the entire movie is they are going through the cemetery reawakening oh, yeah. all the all the they're digging up bodies and reawakening these skeletons and they can ask these skeletons five questions each and three. they're yeah it was three or five or something but they are basically doing a chain of custody of this helmet this helm of disenchantment and the guy you know they find the person who had it first and he tells the story up until he gets cut in half and and they they have these reenactments or you know they flashbacks of all these different people and it's so funny the way they do it that yeah this guy knows ex- he knows exactly what happened to the helmet until he gets sliced in half and then right. they, he says enough to make them know who they need to dig, dig up next and they did dig up right. that guy and he falls off his horse and dies and then they dig up some random uh, some other guy but they get the name wrong and he died before the battle started because he slipped in his bathtub and hit his head yeah I just that was so clever and so funny the way that they again went through the basically dug up you know whatever it was 40 50 bodies to to find out where this I, helmet lies and I thought I just, at the end see, at the end of the credits they were going to have one of those guys waiting for the last question it, it was in the credits it was yeah. I didn't stay for the credit I mean yeah. it was on planet I figured as much I didn't yeah. see that though yeah, that's hilarious. But yeah, I just thought that was a really clever use. Now to nitpick it, the helmet that they're tra- that they're trying to find ends up being kind of a nothing burger. Like, I mean, there was there was something to it. It developed the the wizard character a little bit and and making him believe in himself. But that whole spiel, even though while very humorous, kind of ended up not really adding much to the plot of the movie. Right. I mean, it moved the wizard along. You're right. Yeah. The other thing I loved about this movie, I, it, it's really silly, but just, the, just, and again, maybe this is more the Dungeons of Dragons thing, but just the MacGuffins upon MacGuffins upon MacGuffins. They're, the Helm of Disjunction, the Tablet of Reawakening, these tokens that reawaken the dead, this hither-thither staff, Ascending Stone, which is basically a walkie-talkie uh, that's, a, that's a stone, the magic suppression cuff, invisibility pendant. There's just all these things that just they they're they're the exact device they need to move the plot along, and it's just it's just it's all just ridiculous shit. But so campy, yeah. yeah. 
You're not going to give it up to uh, Bradley Cooper for his little uh, I'm the tiny little husband role. I thought well, that was pretty slick. So, again, it was funny. And it was I don't want to say exciting, but it was I was like, holy shit, that's Bradley Cooper. But it didn't really add much to the story other than they ended up getting the hither thither stick from from him because it was a walking stick that what Helga or, or whoever uh, had given to him at some point. But the, the whole side quest kind of was a nothing burger. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just the MO with with the Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Yeah. So tell me. Of the characters that were there, which one did you? You're gonna play Dungeons and Dragons. Which character are you building? Are you building the uh, Chris Pine? I'm. Uh, I can get myself out of anything with words. Or the Michelle Rodriguez character. Are you gonna be the wizard? I would probably be. You know, because I was a Star Wars fan. You know, the wizard's the closest to the Jedi, so I, I'd probably be the Jedi. But it'd be pretty cool to be a shapeshifter too. You know kind of blend in you know it's kind of like being the invisible man that's you know that's always the uh the superpower that i would have wanted to be you know was to be invisible yeah what about you i don't know i i think i think for me it's it's probably the chris pine character <laughs> really <laughs> just talk your way out of anything and yeah and crack some jokes I, I like that and also no one song that you play for 10 seconds in early in the movie so that Hopefully, when somebody dies later in the movie, you can sing it and it becomes resonant, which it didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. I <laughs> <laughs> thought that, that was a little corny. That was one of my nitpicks is that, yeah, they he sings this song, her and, and Michelle Rodriguez, and it's like early in the movie. And then they bring it back at the end when she's, uh, sorry, spoiler, spoiler alert, she's dying and Again, it was supposed to be supposed to resonate a little bit, but I almost forgot about it by the time it it came around. You don't feel a little shameful given this movie nitpicks, though. Like I, I, I don't know. I, I'm like, what? I mean, it's just, it's just a stupid movie. Yeah. Well, it did. It it also did the one thing in this, you know, in every Bond movie, like, you know, they, they, they just should have killed them, but they let them fight in the arena and. Mm why what what but again that's in every movie you know they the the villains have the heroes dead to rights and could just chop off their heads but they don't yeah you know they yeah it's not game of thrones yeah it's dungeons and dragons okay yeah so what uh, if you had to give it a number are you doing more nitpicks or, or i know i just no i'm sorry i just have one more thing that i that i loved about this movie just all the mumbo jumbo words and again this is i i guess probably classic dungeons and dragons but you know the battle of zenbendar mornbrin's shield and the ruins of dolbund like it's just it's but my favorite word and it's and it plays a big part of one of the early scenes is the one of the magistrates who's doing it on the, on the parole board that they're waiting for Jonathan that I don't that name just cracks me up for I don't know who came up with it but it's just it's funny to be just the name fun of were you Jonathan. making fun of the witcher too because of Jennifer versus Jennifer <laughs> no I was not but I will from now on but <laughs> yeah you were I thought it was you that was making fun of that yeah my last, I mean, the movie is too long. I mean, it, it's it's two hours and fifteen oh, minutes. Stop! It, it, you have there's no attention span. There's these side quests, which again kind of lead nowhere. Uh, it it would have been a lot better if they could have cut it down to about an hour forty five. But I I like the movie. I um, I'll I'll stop there. 
but yeah what's your if you had a rating for this movie slavic what would you give it you know i almost uh am embarrassed to say that i'm in like the 65 to 70 range like i really like this movie i have it as a 64 it's not bad it's you know it's on the lower end of good it's it's it was fun you know it's fun where are these movies yeah again i i wonder what i and i don't know that i would like it more if it wasn't a dungeons and dragons movie but i just don't think it needed to be a dungeons and dragons movie i guess is where well i mean i put it put it in this type of perspective right so which mission impossible just came out 8 9 55 yeah, yeah and here comes Tom Cruise thinking and and saying, we make these movies for you. But it's the same goddamn movie you started with. It's, you're just regurgitating the same thing over and over and over. Mm-hmm. So I like that this took some chances and some risks. And they wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't Dungeons & Dragons because they needed to sell it to the production company. We're going to get all these these guys that play Dungeons & Dragons in the theaters. But the surprise is that it's it's good enough for everybody that's not a Dungeons and Dragons fan. Why they don't make an, I don't why they don't make these types of movies that stand alone or or start a whole new franchise like this. I don't know. I don't get it. Like the whole slaps. Like I keep calling this slapstick, and maybe it's not really slapstick, but like that whole genre of like top secret and airplane and. What's the one with Leslie Nielsen, Naked Gun and a Half, or or whatever that Naked is? Gun. That whole like the, that whole remember the there's a parody on Lethal Weapon too with Samuel L. Jackson. That whole genre is like gone. Like they don't even do those types of movies anymore. It's all this like Judd Apatow, gross, make you feel uncomfortable humor stuff. There's there's not the like. I mean, I, <laughs> well, ra- I mean, rated R comedies are basically gone they don't even there was the jennifer lawrence movie that came over the summer and then there was this other movie bottoms but yeah as far as the volume of them from when you know the 90s and early 2000s i mean they're gone basically gone yeah so sad because i mean i'm not knocking judd apatow judd apatow 40 year old virgin is fucking a classic did he do that he did that yeah yeah (laughs) But I mean, I mean, I wouldn't call this movie a parody movie like like Naked Gun or or. But it's, I mean, it's close because it's it's you know it's picking fun at the it's poking fun at the source material, but right. it's not it's not a you know, it's not over the top with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's, it, it would it would be nice. I I mean, they could make two three more of these. Yeah, if they got to eight nine, I'm sure it would be stale. <sighs> but yeah. You know, I'd watch another one. Yeah, I guess I would too. I think um, keep the same cast, though. Don't fuck the cast up. So in this vein of Dungeons & Dragons kind of both being a a surprising movie to us, I asked you, Slavic, I wanted you to prepare a list of, you know, some other movies that maybe you thought got overlooked or, you know, you heard were bad, but then you watched them and you were like, man, that wasn't so bad. Or what have you? So, what did uh, what what did you come back with? Well, so I kind of, I mean, I took it. I don't see the volume of movies that you do, but I went off kind of like my what I thought it was gonna be, 
And then whether or not I was pleasantly surprised or disappointed with the Mm – and so I'll start off with a softball one because I think that'll – That'll get the ball rolling, and I know you're going to get into some more details. So the first one I'm going to say is Top Gun Maverick, right? So Top Gun Maverick, wow. when, I, when I heard Top Gun Maverick coming out, I was like, what the fuck are they doing, right? Why Why do we need to recant? Why do we, we have to revisit this world that was created in the 80s that got everybody fired up, and then COVID hit, got delayed, and then there was that little, like, we need something. We need something, and and – then the rumors start coming out that it's actually pretty good. And then when it hit and you went in the theater and you saw how they like it, it's hard for me to believe that Tom Cruise produced Tom Top Gun Maverick and produced Mission Impossible, right? Mission Impossible is like retail movies. Same plot line, same thing, big problem, fix, move on. I mean, in Top Gun, they tackled so many things. A love interest. What's happening with this friend that protected him for years. How he's not fitting in the Navy anymore. The the complexity with, the, with Goose's son. I know it was a video game mission, and they had a, like, I mean, some of it wasn't, wasn't great. And they did have to jump in at 14 at the end of the day, which was awesome, too. But I was so surprised by how much I liked that movie. Mm-hmm. That like I almost like I like that that's it. I only need Top Gun and Top Gun Maverick. I don't need a third one. Like that that is just a, a great way to end it, right? And um we were watching it on the plane. I saw somebody watching it, so I started watching it for a couple just skipping to the scenes I liked. And I, I gotta tell you, like that that Val Kilmer scene is just so fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. It's so amazing. Like the way they start out with him meeting his wife and then you know he can't talk so he's typing and then then he's like so like he wants to get his point across to Maverick he starts talking to him I mean that's some pretty fucking good cinema even though it's in this like wacky wacky movie but I don't know so So that was my first one I know it's a softball but I, I just I thought it was a good one to start with I don't know how on earth that you talked for five minutes about Top Gun Maverick and didn't mention Jennifer Connelly. Well, I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> I mean, the whole time I was talking, I was thinking about her. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I have her up on my screen right now. It's just making sure she's listening. <laughs> so my first one is a movie I think I actually mentioned on our last podcast when we were talking about John Hamm, speaking of Top Gun Maverick, is Confess Fletch. You know, I was a big fan of the the Chevy Chase Fletch. I, I don't think I ever saw front to back whatever the second Fletch movie was, Fletch Lives or something like that. But it's it's actually streaming on Paramount Plus right now, and it's it's a perfect streaming movie. Like I I didn't see it in the theaters. I actually saw it when I was I had had some surgery. I was off for a couple of days. I watched it, and it's just. I don't even remember the plot that much. It's just John Hamm walking around being charming and being funny and being Fletch. And I mean, they could make 20 more of these just, you know, slightly different mysteries and I'd watch them all. Um, It's a slightly different Fletch than Chevy Chase's Fletch, but there's enough there that it's that it's a Fletch movie. And it was just a good time and I loved it. And I can't believe that it's 
I mean, it's basically gone. Like it, it, it was in theaters for a couple weeks, then it went to streaming, and I, I haven't heard pretty much anybody talk about it. I just, it was really a good movie, and I, you know, I have it. I had it rated in the you know mid sixties to low seventies somewhere in there. I, I really enjoyed it, and I think uh, I think it'd be worth our audience to check it out. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. I I didn't even I didn't know anything about it. I yeah, didn't know they put out it. Other than you and I talking about it, obviously I heard you talk about it, but I didn't even know it was coming out. Yeah, I, you know they've talked about making Fletch movies for year, and then it years, and then it just kind of appeared out of nowhere, and it kind of came and went. But I had a lot of fun with it, and I will rewatch it again very soon. What's your next one, Slavic? So my next one, I accidentally snuck in the wrong theater. I think I mentioned it to you when I saw it. It's not it's it's not a film that I think got a lot of popularity here. It was called Sisu. It's <laughs> about um this guy who was in the Swedish I think it was Swedish military. I've only seen it once and I was kind of afraid. I was looking over my shoulder. He's uh leaves the military because he's tired of fighting. He's coming back to to his town. He gets he gets burned by a bunch of Nazis, and he goes on this rampage. But it's done like pretty pretty well. It's got a lot of action. It's beating up on Nazis, which is fun. So yeah, I think I think it's something that if you haven't checked out or our audience hasn't checked out, give it a give it a shot. It's it's kind of a World War II meets John Wick. I was just going to say that I saw the trailer for this before I saw John Wick 4 and I thought, "Oh, well that's pretty pretty good trailer to have before John Wick." I haven't seen the movie, but yeah, it looked uh, looked interesting. Yeah, there's not any I don't know of any I didn't recognize or know any of the actors. So I'm assuming they're all Can't remember what country you were saying, but I I thought it was like Norway or Finland or something. Was where the the guy was a shepherd or something and then no, I went, think he went on fin- a rampage. Finnish. Yeah. I think I was saying he was from Norway, but I think he's Finnish. My brain is stretching. I only saw it once. I'd like to see it again. The next movie I'll talk about is kind of in the vein of Dungeons and Dragons. And uh, I, I've mentioned it again before I, in passing. And it's from 2021. It's a movie called Green Knight. It stars Dev Patel and Alicia Vikander. And it's a medieval retelling of the story of Sir Gawain and the Green Knight. And Gawain, who was Arthur's nephew, and he basically goes on this journey to prove himself as a man. And it's it's very fantasy-oriented. It, it, usually a story like that would not be up my alley. But it's so well done, and it's a really beautiful movie, cinematically. It looks amazing. Really, really good story. It's got some fucked up parts to it. And the ending is one that I kind of had to sit with for a while and then, you know, do a little bit of reading. And it made you think. And it was a movie that's hung with me for for a while. I've only seen it once, but I I really enjoyed it. And it I thought it should have probably gotten some bit of Oscar, you know, at least for the the technical side of the of the Oscars, but it, it, I just kind of came and went as well in 2021. 
It has uh, Barry Keown, Barry Keegan. I, again, I always struggle with pronouncing that kid's name, but basically doing the same role that he did in Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, but but before Banshees of Inisherin, so I uh, so I really this enjoyed was a it. Book first. You, well, it's it's know? it's based on like a poem uh, from like the 1200s, and then they, yeah, they made it in. I think it's the story has been retold many many a time. Yeah, I have this one on the list that you gave me, and the Northmen like connected. Yeah, yeah, they're they're I, very very similar in that they're period pieces. They're obviously, they they're both have fantastical elements to them, or or uh, kind of fantasy elements to them. But this is much more fantasy related. Yeah, he he goes on this journey and meets ghosts and and different giants and and different things as he goes on his journey to to battle the Green Knight. And uh, it's just a, it's a really good story and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's definitely on my list. I'm going to check it out when I do. I'll bring it up on the cast. My next one was one that I talked to you about. It's a Sundance film. It's kind of a heartfelt comedy called Brian and Charles. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. Brian is this kind of closeted inventor and he invents this AI (laughs) using a washing machine and the AI can walk around and, and engage with them. I thought it was extremely cute. It's an English film. Where did you find this movie? You know me, I like the independent films. So I, I yeah. really dive into those, um, those, those corners. Honestly, I don't know. I think I was just searching for something to watch one day and, and this movie popped up and I, and I watched it. It cracked me up that this, to hear this guy talk is hilarious, too. He says he's got a washing machine for a tummy. <laughs> that, that I think that's what sold me, and then I, it cracked me up. But it's not like a ha-ha, funny, funny, joke after joke. It It's more of a heartfelt dramedy. You know what I mean? Like, kind of, I don't know if it spends a lot of time examining, like, a human condition, but it definitely talks of of relationships and, you know, creating something and then having to let it go. And, and, but it's very good. I thought it was, uh, I thought it was excellent. So if you have a moment, check it out. Uh, the next movie I'll talk about, I did hear a little bit more buzz about this movie, but I think it it went a little bit more unnoticed than I, than I thought it would have. And it's, and it's on Hulu right now. And it's a horror movie called barbarian. It's probably the one of the best horror movies I've seen in a couple of years. It stars Georgina Campbell and Bill Skarsgård and Justin Long. It's set in Detroit. It's not like downtown Detroit, but it's it's set in Detroit. And basically, the premise is it's like a woman staying at an Airbnb in Detroit. Yeah, she goes to she goes to check. She's got a conference or something in Detroit, and so she's staying in an Airbnb for a couple of days. And when she goes there there's somebody already staying there. And then there's this whole like awkwardness of like, well, I made my reservation on Airbnb and Oh, I made my reservation on what's the other one Verbo. And it turns into this whole story and it subverts your expectations again and again and again. And it just, I I really enjoyed it. The, The ending of it gets a little ludicrous, but in a, in a good way like a horror movie way yeah i just i really liked it i i think it's probably like i said there 
that and this movie, uh, Speak No Evil, are probably the two best horror movies I've seen of the last like five years. But I, I really enjoyed Barbarian, and Barbarian's a little bit more uh, accessible than Speak No Evil, so that's why I had Barbarian on my list. Huh. So it's interesting that my next one is a horror movie as well. I think you're going to know which one it is because I still talk about it. Yep. And I have no idea, like whether or not this movie did well or didn't do well. I just know that when they did that thing in the baseball stadium where people were just standing with a big smile on their face, that that was a stroke of marketing genius. Mm-hmm. So I, I think smile for me was a big, a big surprise. And I, and honestly, that first 10, 15 minutes, I think about it quite often on several levels. Like the acting is superb. I didn't. I didn't even realize that that's that's Kevin Bacon's daughter, right? Act, oh, is it? As the, yeah, that's that's. I she's in a commercial with Kevin Bacon, uh, like doing Hyundai commercials, and I'm like, fuck, that's the same actress that was in Smile. Hmm. But to hear that they that same actress that does that opening scene has done that for like a play and and like in the independent film and in a short. I don't know this movie there's there's obviously parts like you're saying that that are kind of weird when you actually unveil the demon I think he he's kind of a letdown yeah. um as far as like scary or threat I just pulled up her picture and I could see Kira Bacon. Sedgwick I could see Kira Sedgwick actually more than I could see Kevin Bacon in in oh, her face check. I didn't know that when I, I saw it's this like movie. You took both of them and mashed them into a kid. I mean, they, yeah. they look exact like they have parts and pieces. Yeah. So I, I'm assuming this movie did pretty well, though, because it was definitely. Um, I think it definitely did well with you know Gen Z and the millennials. Um, yeah, but you're right. It you is from a any kind of critically acclaimed standpoint. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't make much noise from what I know of. On a budget of seventeen million dollars, gross worldwide was two hundred seventeen million. Yeah, that's pretty big. That's, that's pretty big. fucking huge, bro. Yeah. Why aren't we making a horror film every week? Well, they horror is one of the only films that does not need IP to succeed. You know, and they can punch them out. There's this movie that was out this summer that I can't, I didn't get to see in the theaters called Talk to Me, which is a similar thing. I think it was made on a five million dollar budget, and it's. 200 million or something like that i can't wait to see it yeah Um, that's awesome so my next movie is a movie that's also on hulu right now it's called sanctuary it's a two-hander movie with margaret qualley who's uh our girl from once upon a time in hollywood this is a horror movie no well it's no it's not a horror movie but it's it's a fucked up movie it's uh (laughs) It's a she, she plays a dominatrix and she goes to the hotel to meet her her John and the night kind of spins out of control when he tries to like end wait a minute hold on you what? can't say that <laughs> you can't say she's a dominatrix and then just continue <laughs> on with the story what do you mean she's a dominatrix well she's she's like a legit not a, dominatrix she's not like a uh, SNM dominatrix, but she's there's another kind of dominatrix other than SNM. Well, yeah, like like mental dominatrix, you know. Like, I don't know. Educate me. Oh well, <laughs> uh, like you, you know, force people to lick your boots, kind of a dominatrix, kind of a deal. You are a dirty, dirty man. How dare you, sir? 
Well, does your your Catholic it, wife know that what's coming out of your mouth right now? How dare you? <laughs> How dare you, sir? Lick um, a boot. <laughs> but but the again, so she's a dominatrix. He's trying to end the relationship, and it, the night just kind of spirals out of control. And it it does this thing where you're not sure if they are still role playing or they're she's actually pissed off and mad at him and it just goes back and forth and it's it again not the best ending of a movie i've ever seen but i i i'm surprised that it didn't get more buzz i guess is in this is where that's why it's on my list i i really did margaret qualley yeah margaret qualley yeah so she's andy mcdowell's daughter but yeah sanctuary you got you got another one because i have one i have one more I am. Um, I mean, I have softball ones that I have listed up here. Like, I'll just run. Like, I have the Flash. We went in with some expectation. It sucked balls, right? Oh, like, you what? came in thinking no, it was. You can't say that it sucked balls now because that movie made me lose my mind. And on this podcast, you said it's in the fifties. I just yeah, pulled. I mean, it, it, but I expected it to be in the night. I thought I was going to reset DC, and mm. it didn't. Mm. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three was was kind of a reset for that franchise, and that was pleasantly surprising. I think I covered all mine. So I'm gonna take a little sidebar here. If someone texted you and they said, and this someone lives in Michigan, and they and they texted you and said, I took my family to Big Dumb Indy this weekend. What does that? What what, what would that mean to you? Big dumb indie. Yeah, I don't have enough information right. That's all. I, that's all I got. Indi- that's all- did he go to Indiana? Did he go see Indiana Jones? Well, so you hit on the two. Possibly seeing an independent. <laughs> is he seeing an independent film? I don't know if I have enough. Information. So my friend texted me. Went took the fam to Big Dumb Indy this weekend, I believe, and I assumed he went to Indianapolis. And so yeah. it was sending a bunch of texts. Well, how was it? And where, you know, why'd you go to Indianapolis? And turns out he went to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And oh. I, I got to say, he was wrong. And I've told you that you got to go see this movie. And I'm telling you, if you're a fan of any one of the Indiana Jones movies, Raiders of the Lost Ark, Last Crusade, you'll like this movie. It's not that bad. I mean, it's a classic indiana jones movie can i rent it yet you can rent it it's not streaming yet but it's i bought this movie on apple tv this week for 12.99 oh my god seriously yeah yeah i'm in the bag for phoebe waller bridge but as i talked about on i think on our last podcast when i had fleabag as my number one tv show of all time but it's it's just a lot of fun there's there's so much to like here it, Why do people not like it? Honestly. Why are you the lone soldier on this one? It, you know, it's way better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And I think it's even better than Temple of Doom. It's. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. It might be the third best indie movie, but that's, you know, that's a high bar. I just really enjoyed it. She plays this kind of. I don't want to say femme fatale, but she plays that role really well. You know, and Harrison Ford is great as Indiana Jones, the this aging Indiana Jones. 
And there's just a lot of globe trotting that got the maps and the thing, you know, the red lines going across the map. It's it's an Indiana Jones movie. And it's mm. fun. And it did terribly because I think due to COVID and a lot of other things, it it's a huge loss for Disney because it was had like a three hundred million dollar budget by the time they uh finished all the effects and everything they needed to do and of course you know the production was inflated because of all the covid rules and but it's a fun movie and i i just i really am upset that this last entry probably in this franchise is going to be maligned and i don't think it deserves it so i I need you to see it and, and i will I need everyone to go see it. I need everyone to spend a lot of money watching it and for it to come back as, as a as a belated classic. It is not coming back. Hmm. Sorry. Anyhow, that's it. That's all I got for tonight. Good night. I heard... Uh, did you hear that uh, there's going to be a Blade Runner 3 or a show that's going to be in the Blade Runner universe? I did not. Yeah, I... I'm What's, like part of that whole cyberpunk community, and I, I just shot. They just sent me a thing saying, "Can't wait for this." I'm like trying to check it out online. I'm like, man, that would be awesome because both Blade Runners are freaking amazing. Is cyberpunk related to Blade Runner? Cyberpunk is like a term they use for that genre of the future, like dystopian future where biological or mechanical enhancements happen and. Hmm. You got the magna part with like Japanese culture and Chinese culture mashing in with with Western culture, and I think they cyberpunk was the thing that kind of came out as a game, and now they call it all all that type of mm. anime and fiction and like the cyberpunk world. Mm. Not to mention that it now is a huge game and has graphic novels and all this other stuff that's coming out. Oh, I wanted to ask you something. So I was watching Bill Maher, who I thoroughly enjoy and love his opinions on most things, but he was saying that that graphic novels. Why? Why can't I say that too loud? Why can't I say that? Do I need to, is there a problem with my microphone? (laughs) I don't know. I'm just not a fan. Well, go ahead. Why aren't you? You're the biggest liberal douche I know. How, why are you not a? Why are not a fan? I just think he. Oh. I just think he's a kind of a douche. Yeah, he's, he's. Oh my god! You don't know what you're talking about. He's the only liberal that talks sense. So he said that apparently he made some comment years ago when Stan Lee died that comic books aren't really literature, and I really thought about that a lot as. A younger when I was younger, I used to read comic books, and my parents used to say the same thing: like, "Why are you reading that shit? It's not really a book." And then slowly, as time progressed, like Watchmen came out, and Watchmen was like a novel, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that was like an excellent piece of of creativity and literature. What are your thoughts? Do you think comic books and graphic novels? can be considered literature or are they a subgenre or uh, something completely off to the side? I wouldn't go as far as to call them literature. And I think it would be tough for me to lump all comic books. in. I would say at the higher end, the, the Watchmen's, these higher end graphic novels. Well, I mean, yes. The same way you wouldn't lump choose your own adventures, right? Yeah. I mean, it's still a book, 
but I wouldn't call it literature, right? right? I, well, I would say that there's a lot of garbage out there, and yeah, but when it's well done, it can be on the higher end of any form of art. I did good answer. I did hear today. I saw a tweet or something that kind of made me laugh. Is like it was said something like, "Congrats to the MCU." When I was a kid, I was reading comic books and the stories got so convoluted that I had to stop. <laughs> I I had to stop reading comic books and now they've recreated the same scenario with their movies and TV shows. <laughs> <laughs> what a great point. Yeah. I mean, oh, that's pretty funny. Have you seen are you look are you looking forward to the new Loki season? Not at all. Not at all. The first season was so freaking good. It was so good. And I, I'm out. I'm just not out. And I love the boys. I love the show, the boys, but I have, I I don't want to watch this spinoff that's out right now. Gen V just came out. I thought you told me you liked it. You said you watched four episodes. No, not start off slow. Not of Gen V. No, I haven't. Oh, I thought that's what you were talking about. Okay. Started watching a show on Paramount plus called the gold which is not comic book related at all. And I really like that, but I have not watched any of Gen V and I don't really, I'm, I, I again, I just kind of out on superhero stories and don't, don't need any more right now. Mm. Well, I got through lioness in record time. Okay. I, I think you should watch it. We should have a podcast on it because I think there can be a very interesting discussion on how they handled women in this. I don't know how to put it. Like they're making women extremely strong, extremely vulnerable and extremely typical all in one shot. And it's an interesting balance but I wonder if they're not overcrowding the show because of all of these strings, which is a little hypocritical on my end because they're almost too far to what succession, what I was complaining about succession, right? Succession was very one dimensional. Lioness seems to be, all right, I know the details about what's going on with her kids, what's going on at work, what's going on with this one person that's screwing up, this other guy, this other person, like, it's a whole. It's too broad. I don't know if it is like so. It's I like kind of Cheesecake Factory, the show. Yeah, now's now's mean, the part where you're going to tell me that you like going to Cheesecake Factory. No, they threw me out of there in Chicago because I was belligerent. <laughs> like I almost, I think I need to watch it again and like watch it. Not when I watched it the first time. I watched it to just kind of get. Like, I wanted to see what this was all about. Taylor Sheridan, I tried to watch Yellowstone. I struggled with finishing that. I didn't finish it. It didn't captivate me. I didn't stay with it. But this special op lioness, like, I don't know, kept my attention. I wanted to know. And it's typical. You knew exactly what was going to happen. Like, you Mm -hmm. knew exactly what was going to happen. But the swings and, like, some of the mistakes they make and some of the things they pay dividends for and the fact that it's women that are in these positions is it's interesting i don't know it's interesting to say the least slavic 
we've been doing this podcast for a couple years now. It's not as not as often as I'd like to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna do you a favor, and I'm gonna watch this show for you because you've watched so many shows for me. I'm, I'm gonna even though I I don't have a good feeling about it. I'm gonna watch this show for you. Wow, I'm a little emotional now, <laughs> tearing up a little bit. Well, I appreciate that. I still need to finish the bear. I don't understand why I can't get through the bear. Everybody I, don't I talk either. to, they're like, oh, don't you love it? I'm like, I don't really like it that much. Same thing with Succession. Everybody I tell that I didn't really like Succession, they're like, what? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. anybody can write a one-dimensional show. It's not that uh, hard. Again, you like to watch folding clothes shows. And I, I think Special Ops Line is probably a I just the show to you that wasn't folding clothes. I bet it's it totally- is. I'm going to fold some clothes while I watch it. I'm, I'm going to probably get more out of it than you did. Yeah, you're such a dick. I don't think that's nice at all now. You took a nice gesture and you fucking pissed <laughs> all over it. You dirty bastard. All right, man. So, All right, before we're done, though, what do you wa- what, what else should we be bo- watching? Bear. Um, well, I got, I got two movies I need to catch up with. The Reservation Dogs uh, finished, and its series series finale aired a couple weeks ago. And I got to tell you, it's damn near my top ten list. I I loved how it finished out, and really really touched my heart. What was it? Uh, Say it again. What was it? Reservation Dogs? It's only a three seasons. It's, it's on Hulu. It's about the kids on living on the Indian reservation and trying to get out and and dealing with the grief of a loss of a loved one and. It's very funny, very absurd, and then at the same time, it gets pulls on your heartstrings. Really, really great movie or great show. It's a uh, FX show. Yeah. All right, I can tell you right now, I already have no interest in this. Yeah, I don't think you'll like it. <laughs> I watched the second season of Slow Horses recently and really dug it. Uh, Gary Oldman show set in Britain. It's yep. really good. I like the first season. Really good. Other than the first episode. I consider this high-end folding clothes TV. It's just a pleasant watch, and it's a good time. And I, I, I dig. Can we be cool with folding clothes TV with just saying FCT? Yeah. Yeah, that's FCT. Is, yeah. That's FCT, bro. Yeah. I like it. So now now when we're we're big, yeah. I, I'm gonna be, he came up with the folding clothes TV, <laughs> but I added the FCT. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, uh, but th- those are the shows I've been watching recently. And then, then I mentioned the gold, which is on Paramount plus I'm only through three episodes of it. It's about a, a real heist of gold in Britain that happened in 1983. So it's a period piece. But what's interesting to me about the show is it's not really about the heist. The, the first episode in the first 10 minutes is when the heist happens. And then it's more about the fallout of the heist and how they track the gold and how the thieves fence the gold. And I just, I haven't seen that before in a show, or at least to this detail in a show before. So really dig it. Yeah, that looks interesting. This is more up my alley. Who's in it? It's got the, actually, the kid from, that was in Dunkirk is the one pilot in Dunkirk who's also in Slow Horses. I think his name's Jack Loudon. Uh, he's he's yeah. the most rec- yeah, I'm looking at most right recognizable now. guy in the show. Dominique Cooper's in it too. He's in some stuff. Yeah. Cool. It's a good show. I, I enjoy it. What are you watching? Anything? Uh, so I'm going to finish the bear. I'm hoping I finish it by next, maybe even Saturday or Sunday. We could pot on it. 
like I said, I crank through the Linus. I am going to watch that spinoff for uh, the boys. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to give it a chance and see. It's interesting. I was talking with my brother-in-law about whether or not he's still watching the boys. And he's like, yeah, we started the first episode of the third season. And when we realized that the guy blew up the guy's dick, we stopped watching it. We have no interest in watching it since then. I was. (laughs) He's talking about him and his wife. I'm like, you know what? I kind of don't blame you. Like, that is so gruesome. Well, and I've heard. That's the one thing I've heard about Gen V is that the first three minutes are fucking insane and somebody who I trust was like, I had to shut it off and, and go take like a walk around the block. That made me not want to watch it. Yeah. That's a little scary. That's a little scary. But is there any show that is like on the horizon that we should be watching? Oh, have you watched any of the star Wars shit? Like Ahsoka no. or do you have any interest in it? No. Good. All right. So we're past the hump here. Cause I am, I think I've hit the point where I'm over Marvel and I'm over Star Wars right now and just want I just want quality film. I'm pretty much out on the Disney Plus experience from a TV standpoint. I I think it's such a squandered opportunity. Some of it was like I said, Loki was was pretty darn good and WandaVision I liked. But other than that, you know, and Hawkeye was okay, but Andor Andor was fucking amazing, and that would be the only thing I'll go back for. But I I just have no interest that with where they're headed with the Mandalorian and, and Ahsoka and how this all is going to intertwine and supposedly building to liter- uh, a movie. And honestly, I didn't watch Rebels. I didn't watch Clone Wars. Like, I'm a Star Wars movie guy. What I don't get is they're in a timeline now where Luke is still alive Yep. Leia is still alive. Yep. And this Jedi Ahsoka or whatever fallen Jedi, I'm not I'm not even actually sure. Yeah, she's not a Jedi. Uh is running around with there's dark Jedi out there, this guy Balin or something that I've heard, and he's played by the late Ray Stevenson. And where's Luke and Leia? And where where's Han? Like I don't I, I don't get how this can exist in this timeline in this same galaxy. And there's this grand Admiral Thrawn out there. Like I, I, I and I'm guessing that's what the movie's going to do is kind of fill these gaps. And there's this Get other guy. The fuck out of here. I didn't know Ray Stevenson died. Yeah, he did. How did he die? I think he had a heart attack or something. No fucking way. He just landed like the biggest role of his life. Yeah. That sucks. Um, so I just I, I ha- I'm having a hard time piecing together like how how all these big doings could be going on with with Jedi adjacent people and yet Luke and Leia and maybe they're going to pop up in one of these shows somehow, you know, through CGI or AI or whatever you want to call it. But I don't know. I think they don't give a fuck. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. It, it's uh I think Lucas has got to regret selling it. He would have been better off selling it off to four fanboys who would have really taken care of the show and and the art that he had created. And it's just sad. But it's really sad. Did, have you seen the the Beetlejuice memes on not the not the Michael uh, Keaton Beetlejuice, but Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern Show memes on no. Instagram or anything like that? 
Well, the the whole thing is is just Beetlejuice, and he goes, you know, somebody asked Beetlejuice, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Me, nothing, just hanging around." And you know, he kind of laughs in the Beetlejuice way. But anyway, so they take that and they put that in front of all these different things. And the the meme that I saw that cracked the hell out of me was Ezra Bridger is lost, and two dark Jedi are running around, and this is Luke. And you know, me, what, just hanging around. You know, he's out at the. They've got him. I've got Beetlejuice sitting in front of one of those huts on that island where he was milking the blue blue titties of that cow. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it doesn't really come across in podcast form, but it's funny. I believe Send it. it to me. I mean, you, you know, you have my ta- you have my number. Yeah. So. I got one, fi- two more, two more things, and then we can jump off. Have you ever seen any of the equalizers with Denzel Washington? One. It- no. I was driving by Regal. And I saw on the board Equalizer 3. And I was like, what the hell is that? I Are they marketing any of these? I didn't even know he was the Equalizer. I used to watch the Equalizer in the 80s with some old white dude with gray hair. Now there's three movies already out. I didn't know there was an Equalizer TV show. But I think there isn't there like a... What's the one? Isn't... Oh, the female rap artist. Isn't, isn't there a TV show called The Equalizer? There is a TV what, what, show with Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah, yeah. yeah. But before that, there was the Equalizer of the '80s that I used to watch. Huh. I mean, I don't remember. I don't remember. And oh, here it is: Equalizer '85 through '89. I don't remember this. Yeah, a but retired I, I, intelligent I, agent turned private detective helps various threatened clients to equalize the odds. Edward Woodward was the was the equalizer. Well, I so I knew of these other two movies, but I have not seen. It looks like uh, Mark Margolis. Mark Margolis uh, was in it as well. William Zapka from uh, Karate Kid. So, no, I have not seen Equalizer 3, but I looked to see if I could find the other two movies on a streaming service. I was thinking about, you know, trying to watch those and then go see the third one, but I didn't. Whoa. So I went to the bottom of this real quick. Do you remember Spencer for Hire? Yes. Hunter. Yes. Wow. Magnum PI. Holy cow. That was some good TV. Great shows. Now those were shows I knew about. I didn't I did not know the Equalizer was a show in the 80s. The last thing Well, I'm sorry. There there's two more things. So the last thing, what impact I, I my fear is now that the strikes have been resolved that Hollywood's going to go shit. We haven't made money in a long time. Push, push shit out, push shit out quantity instead of quality, and we're gonna go through another shit show. You don't think so? No, I. The, from everything I hear, it's gonna be the, exactly the opposite. Is that the quantity of scripted TV shows is gonna go way down? We were at. I think the last number I heard last year was over six hundred scripted TV shows were in twenty twenty two. Does that include like a CSI? Yeah. So that's going to go away or is like the Sopranos going to go away? No, I think it's going to be more of the, the, the streaming shows like Max and Hulu are going to produce a lot less and Netflix potentially a lot less original TV shows. It's twofold in that one, these streaming shows have to have to start turning profits, but also the cost of doing business just went up with the, the, the resolution of the strike. There's more writers they have to hire. There's I, While the writers have been celebrating the deal, 
I think they they also potentially put some of their rank out of work with the deal. I don't think that's great in it by any means, but I think it's going to lead to less TV shows moving forward, at least on the TV side. Hmm. Okay. So the last thing I have is, can you believe they found who killed Tupac Shakur? I mean, can you believe it? Can you believe it? <laughs> 27 years later? Is he that died what it, is in that... 1996. If you would have asked me when did Tupac die, I would have told you 2005. Yeah. I, did, I, I I thought he was around for a long time. He wasn't a lot around for that long for us. Yeah. Hey, man, it's allegedly they found the man who killed Tupac. Let's not, you know. He was in the car. To, He's admitted he innocent, was in the car. Innocent until proven guilty. So He's saying that. Um, so uh, of the four guys in the Cadillac that pulled up to, to Tupac, three of them are dead. This is the last guy that's alive. Yeah. So sad. So sad all on so many levels. But I don't know. I love Tupac. I think he's pretty fucking awesome. Tupac. Tupac? Tupac. All right, everybody. Well, another another episode of the Banks. Thanks for staying with us, and uh, we'll uh, try to get some more of these out. We'll be back in about eight weeks to talk about a movie from April. <laughs> Way to sell it. You're such a salesman. Good night, everybody. Good night. Bye. That concludes the show. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'd love to get your support and your opinion of the podcast, so please subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Deep Shots Pod and on Facebook, Deep Shots Podcasts. Email your comments, opinions, and future show suggestions at deepshotspod at gmail.com. Stay safe. Much love. Bye.